Blog Talk Radio. It's Film Festival Radio, the show where superstars and future stars happily coexist together. And now, here's your host, Janice Malone. Well, hello, everyone. Thank you for listening and tuning in to us here on Film Festival Radio Show with me, Janice Malone, and our host of hundreds of thousands, millions, perhaps, of listeners out there. Hey, we've been doing this show for 13 years uh, right here as a podcast, back when no one cared what a podcast was or maybe definitely did not know uh, what a podcast was, but you know what we we did we didn't quite have it all figured out, but now the whole world is on to podcasting, and thank God the rest of the world has caught up with us and others of us out there who have been early pioneers in the world of podcasting and so we want to thank all of our listeners who have tuned in from the very beginning, and of course the ones who are with us right now. So listen, let's bring uh, information of our guests for this edition of Film Festival Radio, the podcast version. want to remind you, if you don't know this, you can listen to Film Festival Radio on KSHP 1400 Radio in Las Vegas. Yeah, and they stream nationally. So you can go to their website, kshp.com, look to the top right-hand corner of their homepage in red. It says, Listen Live. And if you live in another country, if you live in another state, anywhere in North America, you can click on that link and you can hear our show and the rest of the shows in the KSHP lineup of scheduled broadcasts. Plus... The show, our show, along with others, are on the KSHP page for Stitcher and uh, all of those, all of those, iHeart, iTunes, the podcast division of these, Spotify, all of those. You can find it, KSHP Plus, you can find our show under the name Film Festival Radio on any of those shows, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeart. Uh, what else? Tune in. Just a few. Radio F. Is it radio? Radio F. Wait, no. It's so many. I get them all mixed up. But anyway, you can find us wherever you see these podcast networks. We're there. We are so there. So we want to hear from you. Info at filmfestivalradio.com. Okay. As I was saying, let's get to our first Actually, this is our only guest because it's a shorter version of the show. Well, those of you out there, and there are millions, definitely millions of you who are fans of the OWN Network's hit show, Greenleaf. Well, Greenleaf, unfortunately, but fortunately, it is in its fifth and final season, and it is going out with the shebang bang because ratings, viewer ratings are up. 
Yeah, they're up. So why not go out while you're on top here? So their ratings are up from this time last year. And, of course, we are happy to hear that anyone. If you've got a hit record or a hit show or a hit whatever, and if you decide you want to go out, go out while you're on top. Why not? Well, Greenleaf is the hit mega church drama, and it comes from the minds of award-winning writer and producer Craig Wright, who is our featured guest for this podcast edition of Film Festival Radio. And this show, you guys have seen it. It's been on for five seasons. You know what it's all about. But, 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 hello. For those who do not, I'll just quickly tell you, it's about the kind of sometime uh, unscrupulous world of the Greenleaf family and their big mega brawling Memphis mega church where it has it's got all these scandalous secrets, lies, ooh, and a numerous, numerous hundreds, maybe thousands of faithful church members. Now, the Greenleaf family, they love each other, they care about each other, but uh, underneath all of that, They've got a lot of stuff going on that's not exactly politically correct, especially for a church family. I mean, we're talking about greed, adultery, sibling rivalry, uh, compromising of your values and morals. I mean, it's just a funky mess. But guess what? We viewers, we love it. We love it so much. And that's why this show is going out in such a hit. And I am so delighted to uh, be able to chat with uh, the creator of Greenleaf. As I said, he's our featured guest, Craig Wright. Let me give you a little bit about Craig, and he will tell us the rest. He is a, in reality, in real life, he has a master's in divinity degree from a seminary. And he was once upon a time actually a pastor himself. So we'll find out what happened. How did he get into this crazy world of Hollywood, but he's there, and he is there really doing his thing, as they say, living his best life. So let's go to my chat here with uh, Craig Wright, the creator of Greenleaf, and let's find out what's going on. Is there a spinoff? I heard there was going to be a spinoff version uh, from the show, so we'll find out all of that from Craig Wright. So let's bring Craig on right now. our Sunday hat and our best dress clothes on and get to talking here. 
fifth and final season, and you guys went out with the bang, as they say. I saw the numbers. Viewership was up by a whole 1%, which is a lot in the world of television. So uh, I know you were obviously quite pleased with those numbers, obviously. Oh, very much so. Uh, and, you know, because Oprah and I started the show as a way of starting a conversation with an audience about a part of society that we hadn't addressed yet, which is, you know, the, the, the daily life of the black megachurch. And so we're just so grateful that so many people have shown up uh, to be part of that conversation. And the fact that it's growing even in the last season is just so exciting to both of us. And let's roll back to that, that whole time, because I, I understand that uh, you compared your experiences with growing up in a well, I say growing working and be, being a minister. We want to get into that later, and then Oprah can hear her stories. So, were you guys kind of initially when you decided this is okay, this is going to be a TV show? Were you nervous about what the black church would think about this? Were you exposing the dirty laundry, which has always existed? But what was that conversation like? Well, I think the reason that Oprah and I were good partners for this show is that. She knew that I was going to help her um, tell a story that, even though it asked a lot of questions that needed to be asked, always treated the church with a lot of respect and and treated uh, black spirituality as a very real and potent and important part of black life. Because, you know, when we met, I, I we started talking about the idea of a show about the church, and I said, problem with doing a show about a white church is that you can't take white spirituality that seriously. It's like you, you it, it becomes satire. Like there's that show on uh, the, the Righteous Gemstones on HBO, um, which is kind of it's a joke. It's satire because when I see when I see white characters being spiritual on television, I sort of want to say to them like you already have the whole earth. Do you really need heaven too? It's like. And so what's exciting about doing a show about the black church is you can really take the spirituality seriously and you really feel what God's presence means to these people today. Not only in a good way, but in a way that haunts them. When they when they screw up, they know that God's watching and it feels very, very real. Um, and so that, that made it really exciting to work on. And so what was the, the early initial reaction, let's say after season one, what kind of uh, emails and such man-on-the-street interviews, comments did you guys receive about the show? Well, of course there were people who who were uh, wary of the show, who said you shouldn't look at these things, you shouldn't go into these things. But the overwhelming majority of the people who responded were saying, thank God, that you are putting this show on the air and finally asking these questions in public because it's not it's not that they're it's not that the sins of the Greenleafs are the sins of every black church, not at all. Right? But but there in many churches they're black and white, by the way, there is a habit of, of uh when someone asks questions that you don't want asked, you tell them to quiet down. Right? And and so it was just good to tell a story that said, no, like asking tough questions should be part of church. 
asking tough questions is what the church needs. And people were very, very positive uh, about the way the show uh, modeled that through the story of Grace Greenwood. And so uh, have you received uh, behind-the-scenes comments or suggestions from any of the mega church pastors and bishops? Um, not really. Every now and then, you know, because Oprah knows all the, the big shots, right? Mm -hmm. Every now and then I would hear from her saying, I was talking to so-and-so the other day, I was talking to this person, and she would pass stuff on. But, um, you know, people people know that it's right to look at this stuff. And, and when TV can be an instrument for change, uh, in society, you know, everyone knows that's a good thing. Uh, a TV, a TV show is not going to knock anybody off their pedestal. Those pedestals are too big. They're fine. Oh yeah, they're 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 good. Is that I often say it's good. They're good. Well, okay. Why end it? You you still got top ratings. I mean, why end it? Why end it? Because because fifty years from now, when we're all dead. Uh, I want people to look back and say Greenleaf was a great show. Um, Greenleaf was a work of art um, as far as television is concerned. And I don't think there's any better way to make something not a work of art than to try to squeeze 10 seasons out of it and get every dollar you can get and ruin the story in the, in the meantime. Uh, we wanted to tell a great story, and we wanted it to end it the way we wanted to end it. We didn't want to wait for the ratings to drop, wait to get canceled. So we just wanted to make sure we maintained control of the story we were trying to tell. We had the first chance ever to tell a great story on TV about the black church. We're not allowed, about to let ratings tell us what the story ought to be. Right? Mm -hmm. We're going to tell the story we want to tell, and that means we have to have control of when it ends. And so when did you officially decide... Uh, okay, I think we'll just pull the plug after this season. When was that decided? It was actually um, decided uh, before we even started the show. Oprah and I had dinner one night, and she, she was getting ready to decide whether to do the series or not. She had the script. She had the plan for season one. And she said, how many seasons do you think this ought to be? And I said, five. Because I came from, uh, I started on a show called Six Feet Under, which was five seasons. And I thought that was the right length of time. And she nodded her head and said, I think the same thing, five seasons. So we knew that from the beginning. Okay. Well, as we all know, Oprah is a little bit busy, uh, but just tad. So does she continuously have input into the show or of the five seasons or what? Yeah, very, very much so. She, um, she reads every uh, script. She looks at every cut uh, during the editing process. She reads um, the season plan uh, every season and, and weighs in on that and what she thinks, and uh, she's immensely helpful. Um, she knows her audience really, really well, and she knows human beings even better, and so she's really the best, uh, she's the best partner um, of the uh, maker community. Well, is it true there's going to be a spinoff? Yes, indeed. And is that from your company, that's from you, or is that somebody else? No, that's that's from me and Oprah, just like Greenleaf. Okay. Can you give us any details? Well, I can tell you this: um, it's going to be it's going to be even more than uh, Greenleaf was. It's going to be about um, the role of women in leadership positions in the church. 
and and the future of the church in that respect about putting more women in charge of everything. And um, it's also going to be uh, a very realistic look um, at what the church is going to become after COVID-19 is over and after this resurgence, uh, this massive resurgence of the Black Lives Matter movement. I think the black church is going to look very, very different in a year and a half. So I'm thinking of Greenleaf was really a love letter to uh, what the black church has been. And the new Greenleaf is going to be about what the black church and so have you guys already started uh, somewhat shooting episodes yet, or how is that working? No, not, no, not at all. Oak and I are still, are still um, having a lot of talks and working on working on the story and, and, and putting the idea of the show together. It's just how we did Greenleaf. We just went on a lot of, lot of, lot of walks. Now, nowadays, the walks are on Zoom, but we still do them. Okay. And um, we're just talking about what we want to say and what comes next. And, you know, I thought of myself in Greenleaf as very much there to serve Oprah and help her tell a story she wants to tell. And uh, this isn't going to be any different. Um, she, like you said, she's so busy and she sees into all the corners of, you know, of the world and, and everything that's happening. And so I really count on her to help, um, help guide the process in terms of knowing what needs to be said, knowing what people out there are waiting Okay, well, we will definitely be waiting for it, just holding on, waiting for it. We need this, definitely. Well, let's switch over and talk about your career. So you are, what a lot of people may not know is that you are uh, once a minister, you have a master's uh, in divinity, a master's yeah. degree, and so what's a nice minister doing in Hollywood? How did this happen? I know. Well, what happened was um, I, I started out to- and I sort of, I, I took a couple bad bounces and I, and I kind of gave up. I just thought, I'm never going to have a career. It's never going to happen. So what could I do instead? And so I decided to go to seminary and become a minister. And when I got out of seminary, I was helping to run a church in St. Paul, Minnesota. And um, I came home from work one day and I got a phone call uh, from uh, an agent in Hollywood who had read a play that I had written about five years earlier. Back when I quit, and, and he said, um, Alan Ball of Six Feet Under has read your play and would like to meet you to talk about coming to write on Six Feet Under. And so I uh, flew out there and met him, and uh, he offered me a job. And so I left the church and I came to Hollywood. Gosh, that's that's pretty amazing. So these, these kinds of stories, we hear about these kinds of stories, they really do exist. And you are definitely one of those people where it happened. You got that magical phone call one day. Oh. Yeah, I mean, I like a lot of people come, uh, they want to ask me about my journey because they want some advice. And I'm like, I can tell you my story, but it's not going to make you happy. <laughs> my story is not a story that you can make happen. Uh, it, just, it just occurs. Whenever a young writer is asking for advice, I just say, write what you believe in and do good work, and people will come find you. Definitely so. That is very true. But those kinds of stories do exist, like I said, and you're yeah. one of them. Well, do you have a, in five seasons, do you have a personal favorite storyline from Greenleaf? A personal favorite storyline? 
Um, yes, I would say um, my favorite um, my favorite storyline is probably the the very very um, deep uh, spine of the show, which has to do with the vicious involvement in the death of the father of Daisy Skanks. And, and watching watching the fallout from that continue all these decades later, and now in season five, um, to see Basie's sister um, coming back in to the, to the story and seeing how this is finally going to work out. I feel like that's a that's a really classic and epic kind of almost, you know, Faulknerian, like William Faulkner, it's almost like a Faulknerian kind of story. And uh, so I, I, I have really loved uh, working on that story and, and seeing how it all works out. And in a strange way, uh, Baby Skank is really one of my favorite characters. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> You're kidding. Well, I mean, he's just so unique. He's such a, such a unique man. <laughs> I would love to be at the table reading when you guys are putting this together. I know it's, it's great fun. It has to be. Also, and I'll, I'll also, this isn't a great, my favorite story or anything, but in season three, when Charity uh, punched the, the vending machine at the hospital, yes. because because it wouldn't give her her whatchamacallit candy bar, that's one of my favorite moments it's quite memorable, I, and I think it's not only because of the action of attacking the machine, but what do call it happens to be one of my favorite candy bars, too. <laughs> <laughs> Love those things. Hard to find, too. Yeah. Uh, yes. What is that about? Not, not, not as popular as they used to be. Yeah, I don't know what that's all about. But, but anyway, of course, obviously, you we know what you're, you are working on next is the next um the follow-up, I should say, um, Greenleaf, yeah. and we can't wait yeah. for that. Oh, my goodness, it's going to be so exciting. So what have you been doing during the lockdown, the shutdown? What have you been what you been doing at home? Well, I mean, I've been working on, on another show, Crone, um, um, that um, we've had a writer's room, and we've been slowly um, putting together the season and waiting for um, – Waiting for the go ahead to shoot it. Um, uh, I'm not at liberty to talk about that, but um, that's not the Greenleaf spinoff. That's another thing. And um, as soon as you know, as soon as everything opens up, um, um, hope, you know, hopefully we'll be starting to shoot that in um, late September. Okay. Well, obviously you're just like Oprah. You've been a tad bit busy, also. Yeah, and that's good. Very lucky. I mean, Oprah keeps me busy, and thank God. Oh, yes, absolutely. So, um, lastly here, since you have been a minister, uh, have you had situations where you've had to kind of fall back and rely on your your time as being a minister? And have you heard from some of your former parishioners when you were a minister? Um, I have. um, I have. uh, And, you know, uh, I was running a tiny little church in St. Paul, Minnesota, and I do hear from them occasionally, and, and many of them watch the show, and they, they check in with me um, about it. Um, um, but, you know, when I came uh, to Hollywood, I thought that I was leaving the ministry behind, but 
running a TV show is a lot like running a church. Um, and and also, you know, it was, I realized it was really, I actually got to keep on preaching. You know, I, uh, I wrote um, pretty much all of the bishop's sermons. And, and even if it wasn't a sermon, there's lots of times on the show where people talk about God. Um, the bishop's, bishop's, uh, the bishop's uh, scene with Sophia in, in season four. Don't you remember this about the runaway train? Mm, kind of. I'll, I'll I'll go look for it. Anyway, um, yeah. I mean, I I I discovered pretty soon after we started Greenleaf that I I hadn't left preaching behind at all. That mm-hmm. that Greenleaf was actually my opportunity to keep doing that, and so it's, that's been a real uh, it's been a real uh, pleasure for me. And I hope that it's hope that every now and then I've been able to say some things to people that that they've when people find out that you've been a, uh, a minister, do they start up wanting to address you as Pastor Craig? Oh, no, not at all. Okay. Not at all. Um, probably, probably mostly because um, I'm so well off. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. Okay. I've been, I've been really well behaved with you. Um, <laughs> Oh, Craig. Okay, that is funny. You know that's funny. But well, former pastor, current pastor, kind of sort of pastor Craig, right? Yeah. We just thank you for it so much for you and Oprah both, of course, for such an entertaining show. You guys have won so many awards, and uh, rightfully and deservingly so. Just a great piece of entertainment, and I can't wait for the sequel, the follow-up, I should say. Neither can I, and, and thank you so much for um, giving the show attention and, and taking the time. I uh, really, really appreciate it. Well, we appreciate, again, your work uh, and brought us a lot of, lot of great hours of entertainment, and we definitely need it, especially now. And, um, yeah. yes, we'll so just... Let, let me... Let me... Uh, let me know what you think once you see the end of the season. Absolutely. I will get in touch with Paul and send you a note, and we will, uh, yeah, you let me know what do you think of what I thought, okay? Can't wait. Can't wait. Okay. Well, thank you, and continue to stay safe and healthy, and continue to give us those wonderful shows. Thank you. Thank you so much. Okay, then. Nice talking to you. Okay, bye. Okay, bye-bye. Okay, thank you so much, Craig, for all the behind-the-scenes insight into uh, how Greenleaf really got started. He and Oprah, as he explained, they have been putting their uh, creative talents together, and voila, look what they came up with, Greenleaf. And now, as I said before, I heard there was a rumor that there will be a Greenleaf show spinoff, and Craig just confirmed there is in the works as we speak right now. So we definitely are going to tune in and support that show once it's released, probably early next year, I'm guessing, or, or mid-next year, because of the virus, of course. We've got to all obey the virus, rules and regulations, do's and don'ts. Are you wearing your mask? Okay. Don't let me catch you not wearing your mask now. We want you and your loved ones to stick around so we can have you as listeners and have you watching Greenleaf and everything else out here that's available to watch on various networks and stuff. Just to, if you don't watch anything, we just want you around just to be alive and happy and such. 
Okay. Um, that's going to do it. We're out of here for this edition of Film Festival Radio Show. Make sure you tune us in and send us an email, info at filmfestivalradio.com, and we will answer because that's what we do. We're very polite. <laughs> We are. We're very polite. I get a lot of uh, emails from people saying, oh, you're so nice. Mm, yeah, most of the time I am. I really am. I try to keep a positive demeanor in spite of what's going on all over the place here. So you you, you have to. So try to remember that. Do the best. I know times are very difficult. They're not easy for us either, believe me. But uh, we bring you these shows. Hopefully we can you know, share a little of entertainment in your day and uh, inspire you, make you smile a little bit and, you know, just kind of hear some of your favorite celebrities and some of your favorite shows and what they're doing and uh, what they're up to, what they've been doing during the lockdown here. So, again, thank you for listening to the show, and we'll see you on the next edition of Film Festival Radio Show. Take care. Stay safe. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to another edition of Film Festival Radio with your host, Janice Malone. Be sure to download this and other episodes at filmfestivalradio.com. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.